Hello and welcome to the Dandy Funhouse, the home of your favorite frivolities. I'm your host, Neil Dandy, and today we're going to answer the question, what happened to the Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus? Let's step into the Funhouse and find out. <laughs> Where am I? You just entered the Dandy Funhouse. Phineas Taylor Barnum, or as he's better known, P.T. Barnum. If you've seen the movie, The Greatest Showman, you already know it was amazing. It was based on the life of the legendary P.T. Barnum and was about as entertaining as anything the man himself may have presented, and unfortunately just about as accurate too. But it's a very tall order to condense a life as storied as Barnum's into just two hours and change. After all, he was a newspaper publisher, showman, politician, philanthropist, and so much more. But most of all, he looked nothing like Hugh Jackman. Not a lot of people recall this about P.T., but he actually served two terms as a Republican in the Connecticut legislature, most notably speaking in favor of the 13th Amendment to the Constitution, abolishing slavery. Now, although he did have the Museum of Oddities in New York when he was younger, P.T. Barnum didn't actually get into the circus business until 1872, when at the age of 60, he teamed up with entrepreneurs Dan Costello and William Cameron Coop, together forming P.T. Barnum's Great Traveling Exposition and World's Fair, which is believed to be the first circus to add a second ring, which doubled the number of simultaneous performances and increased seating capacity. They also made it into a train traveling show, pioneering the model for the railroad circus. This allowed them to take their show to towns in the Midwest who didn't get nearly as many opportunities for this type of entertainment as towns on the coast. Remember those boxes of animal crackers with all those lions, tigers, and bears on the train cars? Hmm, that was them. All right, they teamed up later with circus business veteran James Bailey from the Cooper and Bailey Circus in 1880. That's right, P.T. was 70 years old when Barnum and Bailey's Circus, the greatest show on earth, was established with Barnum as the face of the show and Bailey as the businessman. Together, they added a third ring to the at-the-time circus standard of two rings and created the enduring standard that we now know as the three-ring circus. Ten years later, at the age of 80, P.T. passed away from a stroke, and James Bailey carried on with the circus they founded, as well as taking on the management of Buffalo Bill's Wild West show. Now, who were the Ringling Brothers? The Ringling Brothers were the seven sons of German harness maker Henrique Frederic August Rungling and a French-descended lady named Marie Salome Julliard. In 1882, Four of the brothers, Albert, Otto, Alfred, and John, formed the classic comic concert company, a touring song and dance troupe. After two years on the road, they began adding circus entertainers to their show and launched the Ringling Brothers Circus on May 19, 1884, in their hometown of Baraboo, Wisconsin. It was a slow building process for the first four years as a circus troupe. That is until 1888 when they got an elephant and business started to rampage. 
1890, they followed P.T. Barnum's lead, taking to the railways with their show, and by 1900 were one of Barnum and Bailey's biggest competitors, helped by their penchant for buying up other circuses, like the Four Pascelles Circus, and then upon James Bailey's death in 1906, purchasing the Barnum and Bailey Circus in 1907. Thus, the Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus was born, and were instantly the leading circus in all of America. In 1929, Ringling Brothers expanded their empire even further, purchasing the American Circus Corporation, bringing their total number of circus organizations operating under their control to 11. Their shows were massive for this time, with a big top seating capacity of 10,000 people. The Ringling Brothers family continued their domination of the industry throughout the decades, thrilling ladies, gentlemen, and children of all ages until 1967 when it was purchased by Feld Entertainment, who own it to this day and also operate such shows as Monster Jam, Disney on Ice, and Marvel Live. Feld took the reins and ran the circus like a well-oiled clown car, including the Florida Amusement Park Circus World, which I actually visited as a kid, and I got stuck on a roller coaster that wouldn't stop its first time back to the gate, and I got to go around an extra time while my mom freaked out. Fast forward to modern times. At the turn of the millennium, animal rights groups began targeting the Ringling Brothers Circus, as they did incorporate Asian elephants into their shows, which were categorized as an endangered species. There was a lawsuit alleging violations of the Endangered Species Act, which was ultimately dismissed on the grounds that the plaintiffs lacked standing, but the bad publicity still stung. In 2015, Feld Entertainment ultimately relented to public pressure and ended the elephant performances, and two years later touting declining ticket sales, higher operating costs, and evolving tastes of modern audiences, Feld ultimately took the big top down for good in 2017 after 146 years. But what about Cirque du Soleil? They have nothing to do with Ringling Brothers, but I'm going to talk about them anyway uh, for a moment here, because during the time that Ringling Brothers was declining and closing, Cirque du Soleil was growing and thriving. They had amazing performances, acrobatic acts, clowns, and a whole lot more, all without incorporating exotic animals. So, if you believe that an enterprise as iconic, enduring, and well-known as Ringling Brothers and the Barnum & Bailey Circus could not be reimagined, updated, and modernized with the help of some brilliant marketing minds, well, I gotta tell you, you might be right! I did a little digging around, investigative work, if you will. I visited ringling.com, which actually wasn't very helpful. It's just a splash page with a sign-up form to receive Ringling Brothers news and updates. I went ahead and signed up just to see what I'd find. Okay, one month later, I've received absolutely nothing in my email box. But after clicking submit, it then took me to another page, which had a link to a Ringling Brothers merchandise store with some sparse offerings, links to their social media sites, which don't appear to have been updated in a few years. Uh, so from there, I go to the Feld Entertainment website and start poking around. No ringling on the front page, no ringling in the press releases, and uh, finally I start uh, poking around in the menu and uh, come to a page for auditions where I found something very interesting. Under the list of shows which they produce, Ringling Brothers was the very first show listed, along with other shows they own. Now, is this simply a catalog of their 
holdings. The logo was clickable, so of course I clicked to see where this rabbit hole is going to take me. And it brings me to a page with a very modern and fresh-looking graphic which says, Live Auditions World Tour, Vegas, Paris, Cape Town, Buenos Aires, Moscow, Ulaanbaatar, and Beijing. Seeking circus performers, physical comedians, characters, athletes, musicians, dancers, street performers, daredevils, and other original acts. Nothing about animal acts. So now I'm getting excited, okay? I'm not sure if it might just be some old page that they never updated because there's nothing which indicates a time frame here, no date, no year, but there is a link to start the audition process. So I click it. And this brings me to a pretty bland, unimpressive page with a pretty generic logo for Ringling. But towards the bottom in little tiny typeface, it says, the greatest show on earth, worldwide auditions, 2022. Apply now. So now I'm picking my jaw up off the floor because I just uncovered something that's not yet been made known to the general public. I'm sure there's what you might call a whisper campaign going on in the industry. Uh, but what I mean to say here is that I, I think I've uncovered quite the newsworthy bombshell here. So I'm feeling all full of myself now, and I call the Feld Entertainment main office to see if I could get answers. Stayed on hold for about five or ten minutes, and then got a recording that they couldn't take my call, but that I could leave a message, so I did. I also left a message in the marketing department and sent an email to the general information email address just to be obnoxious. And uh, then I called an audible while I was in the thick of banging out the script for the episode you are enjoying right now. And the very next day, I decided to do a 180 and do a short run and gun low key production for episode 15, where I just concentrated on what I'd uncovered here on the Feld website regarding indications that after five years in the grave, Ringling Brothers were getting poised for a comeback. And right as I'm wrapping up that quick little video and I'm rendering the video out in my computer, I take my phone off airplane mode, which I use uh, when I want to immerse myself into the work I'm doing and not be disturbed or get crazy sounds while I'm trying to record. And I see someone left me a voice message. I'm going to play that for you right now. Hi, uh, good afternoon. Uh, just returning your voicemail we received yesterday to Feld Entertainment. Um, don't have too much uh, information right now uh, about Ringling coming back, but Ringling is coming back um, hopefully sometime next year. Um, if you have any more questions, you know, you can send um, any kind of questions and they might be able to better answer any questions that you have through that email address. All right. Have a great day. All right. The woman on the message did speak a little fast and the Google transcription got the words a little incorrect, which it always and kind of hilariously does. But basically this woman from Feld Entertainment was calling and confirming that indeed Ringling is returning. So at this point I'm all excited because I feel like I just scooped a big, big story. That's until I realize I've got about 12 followers, but I'm still excited. So I run with it and append this voice message to the end of episode 15 and I shove it out there. Uh, then the following day, I get a reply to the email I'd sent to the marketing department, which double reconfirmed the return of Ringling. 
but also that they couldn't really give me much more information at this time, and that a press release would be forthcoming in spring of 2022. Okay, well, that's some information right there. So uh, that email actually was helpful. And the person who emailed me also encouraged me to reach out after the press release for a possible interview with their director of production, which is also real exciting. I've conducted lots of interviews in the past for a podcast I used to do called Under Country Music, but I've never done an interview on the Dandy Funhouse. I'm kind of on the fence about that because this show is kind of in the growing process here. I'm only 16 episodes in at this time, and the first handful of episodes were largely me fumbling around like a clown and trying to get my bearings and really hone in on what the show should be, what it should focus at, on, and uh, who the show's for. But at this point, I'm feeling pretty solid on those things because uh, I figure this show is mainly a family-friendly retrospective of classic entertainment for grown-ups wishing to harken back a bit without being too stuck in the past and be updated about where the classic forms of entertainment have evolved to in the modern age in a way that's fun, entertaining, and hopefully something they can share and enjoy with their own children for ages to come. That's my condensed version. Hope that made sense. But I'm going to bring this clown car back into the garage here. I don't yet have a very big audience, and I'd hate to take up the time of the production director of Ringling Brothers just to have them reach 20 people or so. Well, that would be real exciting for me. I'd much rather see them spend their time and energy reaching the masses in ways that will ultimately put behinds in the arena seats and help them be successful in their monumental comeback effort. Because I think most of us can agree the world could use a little ringling right about now. And I could use a little jingling in my pocket, baby. So if you enjoy this content and you'd like to support future episodes of the Dandy Funhouse, please visit the patronage page at dandyfunhouse.com. Supporters are going to gain access to exclusive bonus features, including my recent bonus feature of all my ringling programs from my childhood. I take you through them page by page, and it's pretty cool. And if you are a super supporter, meaning you support at a higher level, okay, if you send me more money, I'll mail you stuff from the Dandy Funhouse Studio. Okay, my house. That Mrs. Dandy wants me to unload on some suckers. And finally, I must give acknowledgement to my various resources for the information I used for this episode of the Dandy Funhouse. Children'sMuseum.org, Britannica.com, NeatArama.com, FeldEntertainment.com, Ringling.com, and of course, Wikipedia. You guys come back real soon, and let's get into more trouble here at the Dandy Funhouse, where everything is always fun and dandy. <laughs> The Avengers. I think this was a um, arena football team.